This is Live Well Talk on the COVID-19 vaccine in pregnant women. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at UnityPoint Health, St. Luke's Hospital. The COVID-19 vaccine has been approved by the FDA, first the Pfizer and in the following days, the Moderna product. And healthcare workers have begun to receive the vaccine. When it becomes available as to the general public, questions will arise. One of those questions is, is it safe for pregnant women to get the COVID-19 vaccine? Returning to the podcast today is Dr. Stephen Padrone, physician at Unity Point Maternal Fetal Medicine. Welcome back, Steve. Thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm well. It, the vaccine has arrived. Uh, I actually got my first do- the first shot yesterday, um, and I'm doing fine. Uh, but when, I, I mean, I mean, essentially, we're in a phase three trial uh, of the vaccine, and so the historical data that supports safety in women, uh, pregnant women, is not out there. But what's your thoughts on this? My thought is if you're pregnant, get the vaccine. You want me to elaborate on that some? Please. Yeah, there, of course, there's a lot of chatter about this in pregnancy, and we're getting questions nonstop from our patients and staff and the community. First, First, this vaccine appears to be safe. The mechanism of this vaccine's the way it works, which is we're all becoming experts on this real quick. It, there is no plausible mechanism by where, whereby this should affect the fetus. It's messenger RNA. It has a really cool and unique way of working, producing new proteins. But it doesn't mimic those vaccinations which have caused concern in pregnancy in the past, and those are live attenuated vaccines. Those live attenuated vaccines, likewise, there's a lot of conversation about the potential fetal danger of those. I'm really not aware of any reports or any good data that says that those vaccines are dangerous either. They're still contraindicated, but the point is that even if it were a live attenuated vaccine in context of a global pandemic and the risk to pregnancy, it would still be worth the conversation, do they take it or not? But this isn't that. This is a really safe vaccine for pregnant patients, far as we know. Yeah, and, th- and there is actually some editorials uh, out there in the literature that perhaps they can use the same messenger RNA to some of the live attenuated vaccines, uh, switch them to where they're not live and attenuated anymore, um, and actually come up with whole new vaccines. It really is exciting. Uh, yeah, it, yeah it, since you said that, this this mechanism, this type of vaccine has potential for all kinds of hope in pregnancy, particularly cytomegalovirus. That that would be outstanding. Is there a certain trimester that if a a pregnant mom wanted to reduce the possibility of side effects, would there be one that you would suggest over the other? Are they all equal? I would say they're all equal. I would say that there's probably a difference between fetal immunity and the benefit of passive immunity from this vaccine. If there is any of, let's say the mother gets the vaccine in the third trimester, she's producing antibody, that antibody crosses the placenta, that's there for the baby to be passively immune when it's born. I think that there's probably some benefit to doing it at that time, but it doesn't rise to the level where I would say, choose your trimester. The point is, if you have the opportunity to get the vaccine, just get it regardless of timing. Well, I I guess the one question I should have started off with is uh, all medical decisions are risk balanced by benefits. What what are the risks to a pregnant woman to contract uh, COVID-19? That's a great question. They're probably the same as for the non-pregnant patient. 
we we think that viral illness and pregnancy is worse and it typically is for example h1n1 that was definitely worse in pregnancy if for this virus the data says that pregnant women do do a little bit worse but that might just be because we're more hyper about those patients they get hospitalized more often we treat them more aggressively so i'm not real sure on that but let's say pound for pound it's the same as the non-pregnant patient i think the risks of corona are about the same Okay. Um, and if they were to get the vaccine and had some of the side effects that have been reported, which is just the basic side effects you see with other vaccinations, arm soreness, uh, maybe some myalgias and arthralgias and perhaps fatigue for a short period of time, um, what, what, what would they take? Is it limited only to acetaminophen in those situations if they did need to something for relief? Yes. Yep, that's okay. it. Tylenol, acetaminophen. Do all... Uh, antibodies cross the placenta? Uh, no, IgG crosses the placenta. IgG and IgA both cross into breast milk, but IgM does not. Okay. All right. That was just an internal medicine question. Wasn't sure on that. You know, that a boy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, as an internist, uh, the, 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 the worry with pregnancy for us is we have two patients now, you know, and I mean, I know you deal with two patients sometimes three patients, four patients, depending on the uh, multiple births. But, uh, uh, you know, I think that intimidates a lot of physicians. And that's why we're glad that you're around um, to, to be available for those cases. Yeah, it does. It differentiates the OB from the other providers. And that is, that's a black box. You just, you're not sure what's happening with the fetus. And there's such a high price on this. There's such a really precious approach to that fetal patient that it scares other people and it probably should yeah well yeah you have a second patient to worry about that you can't see or talk to or touch uh for the most part vertical transmission from the mom to the baby where are we at with that it's not happening it may happen it's it has been reported it's reportable but it hasn't turned out to be an issue at all yeah it's kind of like the uh, second infection uh yeah, yeah, Dr. Abolf will point out a good point the other day, our infectious disease specialist, that, you know, there's over 9 million cases, I think 10 million now, and we know of two. So two out of 10 million, the chances of a second infection are pretty low. With yeah, COVID. it gets a lot of press, but I'm not concerned about it. Yeah, the vaccine, just to talk a little bit about the vaccine, you know, it arrived this week. Uh, we have triage uh, for people that are going to spend uh, greater than 15 minutes with COVID care patients. And I think we've gotten all but about 20 of the ICU staff done, and we'll get them done into the weekend. Uh, and uh, I, I think that all our frontline staff, physicians, nurses, respiratory therapists, I, I think we'll have the first dose in, in everyone by the end of the year. Um, and so I'm really optimistic about that. Yeah, Dustin, I don't think you can oversell this. I think the advent, the arrival of this vaccine is just a godsend. It's a lifesaver. Well, and the the seat that I sit in, uh, Steve, that we made decisions back in March, February, and we really didn't have this metrics to say, okay, the case fatality rate is this, the number of new cases is this, therefore we must mask, therefore we must shut things down, therefore we must restrict visiting hours. We were kind of like floating saying, uh, you know, this is good. We need to do something. We can't just sit here. Let's just pull the trigger on what we can do. Well, then 
how do you reverse those decisions if you didn't have a good metric that triggered it? And that's why this vaccine is so important because it could put a book in on this pandemic and allow us to get back to a degree of normalcy that we're used to. Uh, and that's, that's, that's where my excitement is because I I've lost sleep in the last couple of months saying, you know, how do we undo this? How do we unwind what we did when we didn't have this criteria to make the decision to begin with other than we knew it was the right decision. It, so that, that, that's the excitement for me. Now we were flying blind. I don't know how everybody's got through this, especially those of you who are on the front lines in the critical patients, man, that's a tough job when you don't have data. Finally, we're starting to turn this around with some data and some hope on the horizon with our rates in this state going down with this vaccine. We just need to keep our foot on the pedal and we'll get this. Yeah, I, I'm more than cautiously optimistic. Confident would be really, but yeah, right. not cavalier. Well, this is really great, great information today, Steve. I appreciate it. Uh, you coming by. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, again, this is Dr. Stephen Madrone, physician at Unity Point Clinic, maternal fetal medicine. For more information on all things COVID-19, visit our website at unipoint.org or the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention website at cdc.gov. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.